Welcome to Skylights, the podcast of Open Sky Wilderness Therapy. Nestled in the mountains of southwest Colorado and the canyonlands of southeast Utah, Open Sky transcends traditional wilderness therapy by emphasizing treatment for the whole family. Our clinical approach integrates the latest in evidence-based treatments with innovative and research-driven holistic healing practices. On each episode of the Skylights podcast, we speak with experts in the field of wilderness therapy and explore the unique value the outdoors provides on the journey towards wellness, self-discovery, and growth for adolescents, young adults, and their families. To learn more about Open Sky, visit us at openskywilderness.com. Welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're here. It's a hard time to be a kid, and it's a hard time to be a parent. And it's even harder to be parenting a child when there's conflict and discord in the parenting relationship. Today, we're covering the topic of discord in parenting relationships and how to support your child in treatment when dealing with this added challenge. Our guest today is Kirsten Bolt, Senior Clinical Therapist for Adolescent Girls at Open Sky. Kirsten has been with Open Sky for over 11 years and has spent close to two decades in wilderness therapy. With her firm, caring, and direct approach, Kirsten confronts presenting issues and holds students and families accountable to their therapeutic work while circumventing the shame that can interfere with progress. Welcome to the podcast, Kirsten. Thanks, Emily. Great to be here. So with roughly half of marriages ending in divorce and it being so common to have even just discord in the parenting relationship, it's no surprise that many people are dealing with this challenge in parenting their children. And then this just adds further to the challenge when their child is in treatment. So let's start with this, Kirsten. What are some of the challenges faced by parents who are experiencing discord in their parenting relationship with a child in treatment? Good question. Yeah, let's get started there. I would say there are a lot of challenges. And the reality is some people do this better than others. But I find that there are a lot of highly contentious parenting teams, whether they're married or divorced or separated, where they really struggle to just work together to even talk to each other. I find that frequently it can be incredibly difficult for parents to even get their child into treatment because so often one parent wants some kind of intensive level of care when the other parent doesn't. So there can be discord on even getting their child to treatment. Once they somehow agree on treatment, sometimes one parent is feeling like they were coerced into it. And so one parent sometimes can be sabotaging or unintentionally even undermining the process. So frequently my experience is even if we get here and we're on this, like parents are on the same page, so frequently once they get here, there's still so much blame and residual resentment left over from their marriage or even currently being experienced in marriage. And so what can happen is so frequently one parent just blames the other parent. I find often that parents are not working together. They're not on the same page. Sometimes they're trying to rehash old business, like trying to be sensitive to not being judgmental, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard <laughs> with the language. Hard. Yeah. It's a hard topic. I find sometimes parents are still so angry at each other that they're very overtly and consciously raising all the old issues for the therapist to navigate between them and unfortunately for their child unintentionally to be the <laughs> the recipient of. But I think so often 
there's this more unintentional process where there's just old hurts that are not tended to and they come out in the in the process and so a lot of i think a lot of the challenges can be in trying to help parents focus on the present and not be rehashing old business it can be challenging to actually work together to be respectful in communication to see and give each other the benefit of the doubt so i think that there are also ways that parents sometimes end up triangulating their child into the conflict between the parents and so i'm kind of throwing a lot of ideas out here to get us started but i think these are some of the challenges and maybe i'll conclude by saying so frequently the challenges between the parents just inherently affect the child. Right. And it's normal to have conflict in relationship. Absolutely. Relationships need conflict to break through topics that are challenging. And so as we're moving into this topic, just kind of normalizing that conflict is normal and real and healthy, actually. And maybe just hearing you speak about what are some of the healthy ways that parents can have conflict? And then what does it look like when it's not healthy or not in the child's best interest? I believe that there is, as you say, Emily, conflict is healthy, conflict is normal, we need conflict. It's how we navigate that conflict is always the issue. And so there's a point where the conflict becomes really destructive. That's what we're really focusing on today. So conflict can be done in a really healthy way where we're respectful, where we're where we are open to the other person's experiences, thoughts, feelings, where we're seeking to understand, where we're sharing our thoughts and feelings and experiences in a healthy, assertive, constructive way. So frequently, I would say, where it becomes unhealthy is when we get stuck blaming and not listening and not being open and when we become polarized in conflict and we just take these rigid stances. And sometimes it even goes to where unintentionally we just start opposing everything our partner is saying because they're saying it. You know, And I think those are some of the indicators of where conflict can become really unhealthy. And if we take that even further, sometimes conflict becomes very directly pulling the kids into the conflict between parents, or it can progress from there into even more concerning levels, of course. And so that's what we're really focusing on is this more high conflict co-parenting, where arguably they're not co-parenting. And I think so frequently parents will say, I'm open to co-parenting, but the other person isn't. Right. And, you know, when humans are under stress, the tendency is to be defensive and to blame and to point fingers. What are some of the effects that you see on kids in treatment when there is this high conflict dynamic between parents? Good question. Yeah. It's amazing to me. Sometimes I can see what the dynamics are at home, even when the parents aren't there, because the child can still feel the conflict 2,000 miles away in the middle of the woods. It can present in the letters that parents write to their child. It can present when we start doing our family therapy phone calls. They can start feeling those inklings of the stress from home. One of the really powerful things with wilderness therapy is we're actually removing the child from the system that is really stressful at home, whether parents are divorced or together, whether they're going between homes or the conflict is within their one home. Kids always feel this. And I think so frequently as parents, you know, my experience is we're all doing our best at any given time and we get flooded and we have hurts and we have pains in the past and it sometimes trumps our ability 
to be the best versions of ourselves. As you say, when the stress increases, our ability to be our best selves decreases. And so I don't hold any blame or judgment with parents. And what so often happens is the kids feel that stress, even when we're doing our best to keep it isolated and insulated from them, the kids still feel it and they can feel it out here. And so it can be when parents have to make joint decisions about long-term planning. It can occur when they write letters to each other and unintentionally throw the other parent under the bus or perhaps intentionally. They can feel the stress in the way that the parents are engaging with them individually in relationships. You know, and if a parent is distancing and maybe that's their pattern to detach when things get stressful at home in conflict with the other parent. If that parent starts doing the detaching in the letter writing process, the kids can still feel it. And so it's amazing to me how incredibly powerful it is to be out of the family system for the students and also how much they can still feel those extensions. You know, something that I think also can be normal is like in that space, maybe some of the conflict can even get more intense before it gets better. This dynamic of some of the the stressors of the conflict between parents coming to the surface, and that may not be all bad too, depending on how it's handled. Yeah, I think if parents take those opportunities, I just inherently believe the best in people, and that people generally are trying to do the best they can and moving in the direction of health the best that they can. And we have some things that get in our way sometimes. But I believe that if parents utilize when those challenges you speak of arise, if they utilize this as an opportunity to actually deal with some of their hurt, to take this as an opportunity to really truly prioritize their child. If they use it as an opportunity to practice some new skills that they can utilize not just with their child, but with their ex or current spouse. If they use this as an opportunity to challenge themselves to figure out how to co-parent. As a family therapist, my orientation is supporting families, supporting couples, supporting people, period, to be the best that they can relationally with each other and individually for themselves. And I always go into every family I'm working with, hoping that we can find resolution. And so frequently we can, you know, as we learn some skills in how to validate and how to listen and seek to understand, a lot can actually shift in our co-parenting relationships. And sometimes things don't shift. And so I want to be careful to not sound too Pollyanna here about, hey, we have a few skills we can offer and everything will be better because sometimes that's not the case. And so sometimes I'm working with parents on how to think of their co-parenting relationship as a business arrangement. We don't have to be friends here. We don't have to like each other, but we have to be respectful. We have to be civil and we have to be open to our child having both of their parents in their lives. And so that often becomes the focus in our work, you know, how we can work together. What are some specific things that you can recommend for parents to work on to support their child? I would recommend first and foremost that parents just take a deep breath and slow down and try to just be present in this experience. As we start reciting all the reasons that bring their child to wilderness, it's so easy to get spun back up in all of the old hurt and the blame of each other. And so some of that information is really necessary to share with the therapist. And I think parents need to really, number one, is just focus on regulating their nervous system internally. If they are getting activated, utilizing some of the skills that we can teach them to be able to slow down. So number one, I would say it's just a big deep breath and a pause. Number two, I would say is... As much as we can, this is the time to put aside 
the past and the differences. And again, I'm sensitive to the Pollyanna thing here, but there is absolutely truth in trying to focus on your child and trying to remember that your child is half you and half their other parent. And when we talk negatively about the other parent, kids inherently hear that as talking negatively about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never heard it explained in such like tangible terms, but it's really true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's incredibly deeply painful, you know, when a parent talks negatively about the other parent, even if we agree, even if the other parent does some things that are really hurtful and damaging and destructive in relationship with our child, they still come from that other parent. So I think that's another another layer that is really helpful. Being open. After we take that deep breath and after we try to get the best mindset we can going into this experience, I think next is being willing to learn some of the skills. Often by the time parents find wilderness therapy, they've already done a lot of other work. You know, this often isn't the first stop. So parents probably have learned some skills and it's often hard to utilize those under stress, as we mentioned earlier. And so being willing to learn some new information, maybe learn some new skills, maybe relearn some old skills, but being open to learning some healthy communication and healthy emotional regulation and how do we actually slow down when things get difficult. So being willing to take on all that we have to offer. And we have a tremendous amount to offer at Open Sky. So many layers of family support and programming. We can talk about that separately. But, And then the last thing I would say is being willing to utilize those skills with our child, but also with our, again, current or ex-partner is a fundamental piece so that we're utilizing all of this work relationally. But also being willing to look at ourselves. And I think Wilderness Therapy Open Sky offers a truly unique opportunity to slow down. Your child is in a safe place. Often parents can take a deep breath at home and it's a really powerful time to look at oneself, which might mean looking at some of the old stuff in the marriage, which might mean looking at our childhood stuff. Let's be real. We all grow up with our own pains and our own hurts. And so... Sometimes we just need to be willing to look at ourselves. We call this the parallel process. Hmm. This is daunting stuff, you know, and it's not realistic in, say, maybe this amount of time that a child at Open Sky, like three months, that all of the hurts and the conflict in any parenting dynamic are going to be healed. But there can, as you said, like there can be progress that's made. And when that progress is made, how would you describe the effect on the child in treatment? Oh, good question. So first of all, for children to see that their parents are working in parallel to them, I mean, I cannot tell you how profound that is because kids feel like I'm the one that's out in the woods. I'm the one that's suffering. And, you know, and it it is incredibly powerful for the child to see that their parent is saying, hey, you're not the problem. Yeah, there are some problems, but we all need to work together. It's incredibly normalizing. It's incredibly validating. So number one, for kids to just see their parents willing to work with them is that alone goes so far. When kids start seeing their divorced or contentiously married parents actually start communicating better with each other, it's hard to describe the level of hope and fear (laughs) because it's scary when we see change because we don't want to trust it because it's safer to trust the old narrative. Mm -hmm. What's familiar. What's familiar, right. So it can be scary, but oh, it's just incredibly hopeful and powerful when kids are like, oh my gosh, my mom just gave my dad an I feel statement. What? (laughs) You know, it's remarkable to them. And so it's hard to really capture in words. But what I would say from 
just anecdotal experience over the years is it's significant for children to see their parents actually start working together and to believe that they can put their stuff aside to show up for them. Because when it comes down to it, parents love their child, you know, like people are coming from that place and it can get distorted or, you know, complicated by the dynamics on top of it all. But when it comes down to it, they both care about that child that they had together. Yep. Yeah, I think sometimes there can be a lot of blame of the other parent. And I think you're right that usually, usually parents can come together with, we want the best for our child. And that can be a starting point. So kind of on a related topic, I mean, it's normal for everybody to come in to the process of therapy or change with varying degrees of openness. You know, some parents might be at the pre-contemplation stage of change and some might be further along. So for the parents that find themselves maybe really wanting to do the work, but noticing that the other parent maybe isn't quite ready, what are some words of wisdom you have? Sometimes I'm redirecting focus back to controlling the things that you can control. So I can't make your ex do anything more than you can make them. (laughs) is often a reminder that can be helpful. Trusting that their child will see their commitment and that will support their relationship and to allow them to have their own relationship with the other parent and not be pointing the finger can be really helpful. I just say fundamentally go back again and again and again in my work to what is in my circle of control. We work on this with the students out in the field all the time. You know, when they get annoyed with each other or they get upset with their parents or they're trying to control the long-term planning decisions, whatever it might be, or even in our I feel statements, a part of what we're teaching kids and parents to share with each other is here's what I'm feeling and why, and here's what I can do about it. Not just, can you do something about my feelings? And so we're teaching that same concept to parents in this broader way. You can't do anything about your ex-spouse. All you can do is focus on you and your relationship with your child. Let me work on what I can with the other parent. I mean, it's a good reminder that as parents are doing their work, the students out in the field, they're working on healthy conflict skills. You know, it's part of everyday experience. I mean, it's part of the design is like, let's live together in a close way and conflict's going to arise about chores, about, you know, everything. everything. (laughs) And actually that gives the students opportunities to work through conflict and develop these skills to then apply them with their parents. So, you know, that also just reminds me of this piece of like, as a parent, maybe trusting that your child is learning those skills so that they can apply them not just with you, but with the other parent. Because I think there can be that tendency to like want to pick those battles for each other. And it's like, you know what, I need to trust my child to bring the challenging topics that they have with this parent to the parent directly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's actually, it's one of my favorite, favorite parts of wilderness therapy is I'm everybody's therapist in the team and I know what everybody's working on and they all have conflict with each other at some point. And so it provides incredible opportunities for self-reflection and what is happening? Why am I so triggered and flooded by this person? What is that about me that's being triggered? And be able to utilize that, as you say, to learn assertive communication, emotional regulation, conflict resolution, as you say, to then be able to apply that 
in relationship with their parents. And so sometimes, you know, we're teaching kids how to just express what they feel to a parent who might be more dominating or express what they feel to a parent who might be more passive and withdrawn or detaching when things get difficult or to be able to set healthy boundaries with one of their parents. I love that idea of just everybody is practice out here. Yeah. So other tips for parents on how they can practice and then what can come of that practice? Yeah, absolutely. Well, this might be a good place to talk about all the layers of support that we have here. So we're going to keep you busy at Open Sky. We have weekly assignments for parents to do that help them do that self-exploration. We have letter writing process that the therapists will help guide and support the actual communication real time with their child. We'll do family therapy phone calls sprinkled throughout the process. We have an educational curriculum that we run through in a video call once a week for parents to be able to learn and be able to talk with each other. We have a weekend devoted just to parent education. We have a three-day intensive family therapy experience where we're going to bring you into the field to just work very directly with your child. And we also have a parent coaching service. And so we have so many tools to offer. To be able to layer on top of all those other resources, we also have the opportunity to be practicing every week with a coach that that can support you with some of the deeper exploration. And when kids see parents engaging all these layers, it's incredibly meaningful and significant. And it shows their commitment to them and to their co-parent, which is really profound for the child. So what I would offer is dive into everything that we offer. As I say, we have a tremendous amount of opportunities and just be willing to look at yourself and to be able to hold your child at the center of all of this. Right. It's such a powerful way to role model for your child. We are working on how to move forward and we are working on how to support your relationship with your child, which almost necessarily involves being able to work on some level with your co-parent. And the last thing I would offer is to the best of your ability, be open to feedback and coaching. I don't like feedback. I'll be really honest. I, <laughs> I like to think I'm doing everything right all the time. Maybe that resonates with others, but it can be incredibly vulnerable to accept feedback from somebody who is working hands-on intimately with your child because that's the, probably the thing we care most about in the world. We want to do right by our child. And so to hear feedback that maybe there are things we could do better and ways we could grow is, I find personally, to be painful. And so I think having the vulnerability and the courage to just be open to any feedback and coaching that your primary therapist can offer, because at the end of the day, it's going to help you be the best parent that you can, which most of us want to be. Well, that is a wonderful note to end on. And thank you, Kirsten, for just sharing your reflections and thoughts on this topic that I I know you've seen so much experience with in terms of both the challenge, but also the hope. And when parents work on this individually and together, what a powerful and profound positive impact it has on their child. Yes, absolutely. It's why I got into this work years ago. This is when I was a field guide. I got the experience of working with families at graduation every week and rolling the shirt sleeves up and helping parents and kids work together. And then just seeing the healing that can come from strengthening those bonds where they had been so broken is just truly remarkable and inspiring. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you. Thanks to our guest today, Open Sky Senior Clinical Therapist Kirsten Bolt. To learn more about Kirsten and Open Sky's program, visit openskywilderness.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.